your boredom is over because we're just getting started here on most shows. A recap here, episode number nine, back here live on uh, November 20th, 2015. I'm Rob Sesternino, and here is our esteemed panel of TV recappers. It's Josh Wiggler, Antonio Mazzaro, and special guest AJ Mass. Woo! Welcome. AJ Mass, the parallel universe version of me <laughs> as of this yes. week. Yes. Did you say we, it's been a long time coming, huh? Yeah. Rob, did you say we were a steam panel? Yeah, yes. So much hotness going on right here. Steampunk. A steampunk panel. Is it like Steam, the app that you use to play video games on your computer? Yes. Sorry, that was, that was weird. That was outside the box. Here we are, ready to talk about this week. A brand new series is dropping on Amazon Prime. Uh, it is called uh, The Man in the High Castle, and uh, we're going to be talking about that. All 10 episodes, I believe, are available. I think uh, we've seen, uh, we had watched the first two. AJ Mass is familiar with uh, the books that the series is based on, and we'll be talking about that today, plus uh, some more surprises along the way. We had a, a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, Antonio Mazzaro was uh, with uh, Mike Bloom last week, but now uh, the gang is all back together again this week. Yeah, what did you do with Mike Bloom last week, Antonio? We covered, actually, we did a little bit of a deeper dive, uh, and we did all 10 episodes of Master of None, Aziz Ansari's new Netflix show, streaming now on Netflix. We we covered that. Mike Bloom and I have talked about Parks and Rec and community in the past, and so it's a natural kind of connection there. Great series, great sitcom, if you haven't watched it. Rob, I understand the, the first episode might have hit a little close first to home. First episode was kind of a bummer, where Aziz uh, sort of outlines how much it sucks to uh, have kids, and specifically two kids, uh, and he talked to a guy <laughs> at a party, and then really bummed him out. So I, I, I was sort of bummed out, but actually... One of the best things about having a newborn baby is that you get to watch a lot of uh, TV late at night, which I think is sort of a new phenomenon that my mom was sort of explaining to me that it used to be when you had a kid, like when I was a baby, the TV would turn off after midnight and you really had nothing to do. But this is really great. You're just sitting there with a sleeping baby at four o'clock in the morning and basically anything you want to watch in the entire world, it's just a binge watching dream come true. Right. So I'm five episodes into Master of None. I, I really do enjoy it. Nice. Yeah, I, I finished the whole thing last week. It's it's not often that my wife and I decide that we like the same show, and we both really liked the first two episodes of Master of None. So we just cruised through it last week. Uh, awesome, awesome show. If you guys haven't listened to Antonio and Mike's podcast, do that, but only after you binge the entire entire series. It's really good. It goes very quick. We did it in like a night and a half. So go, go for it. It's very fun. Yeah, you know. I'm not going to say anything more than that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so very fun uh, stuff. But uh, today we have uh, something a little bit different to uh, talk about. And I'm not necessarily sure if fun stuff is uh, the right description for this. But it's uh, the man in the high castle, which we're going to talk about. Of course, uh, we have our own most shows recap dedicated iTunes feed. If you want to subscribe to this podcast here on Post Show Recaps, you can do so at postshowrecaps.com slash MSR iTunes. That's postshowrecaps.com slash MSR iTunes. Every Friday we're getting together to talk about a new TV show, movie, whatever that's going on. Uh, we'll be talking about it once a week here with you guys on our catch-all show here on Post Show Recaps. All right. Man in the High Castle. Where do we begin? Oh, where do we begin? Let's begin with AJ because AJ, we're bringing AJ on board here. First off, because we just love AJ Mass. AJ Mass is the best. Uh, and AJ, you also, you read the Philip K. Dick book that this is based on. So you seem like the ideal guy to set up what we got ourselves into with this show. Yeah, uh, they originally aired the pilot in January. And uh, this is when Amazon Prime was uh, testing out a whole bunch of pilots to decide which ones they were going to then produce series on. 
Uh, and I saw it was, you know, it was based on the Philip K. Dick story. And I hadn't read the story yet at that point, but I mean, Philip K. Dick's material is, is just some of the greatest stuff out there. You know, the, it's the basis for, you know, Blade Runner and Total Recall. So I was like, yeah, let me just check this out without even really knowing what was it about. After I saw it, uh, I thought it was the best pilot I'd ever seen. Wow. Played ever. Ever. Better, better than any other pilot. It sets up a universe so quickly and it, with such, such efficiency that you really can dive into just getting a story going and setting a mood and world building right away. I mean, it's about Nazis. You don't have to do much to sell the idea that Nazis are bad people. You know who the bad guys are right away. So they don't have to waste time with like backstory and everything. It's just, you know, okay, Nazis, they're the bad guys. I get it. And they can just dive into this world that's created. Um, it's an alternate universe where uh, World War II went the other way. Uh, and the United States is occupied half and half between uh, Nazi Germany and the Japanese. And it's the 1960s. So much uh, 17 years have passed uh, or so since the, since the war. And uh, America looks a lot different. Yeah, to say the least. It really does. Yeah, they really, it's interesting because it just slams that down right away from the start with that Edelweiss opening and just the creepy way that that sung. Obviously, that's a beloved song from Sound of Music. People associate that with Nazis in Germany and Austria and that kind of time period. And to have that as you're looking out over the map and seeing the way the U.S. has been divided, just so unsettling right from the jump. And yeah, within probably what, like two minutes? You're in Times Square full of swastikas. Terrifying. I got to yeah. say, I love that they use Edelweiss for the for the opening theme song. But being a little tiny bit of a Sound of Music nerd, I'm a little annoyed with the editing on Edelweiss. Am I the only one? Am I the only one who no, noticed I noticed that they, the they chopped on, it up noticed, a little? Yeah, I noticed the chopping as well. Because like, I want to sing along to it, which I know it's weird <laughs> that I want to sing along to the theme song of a show about Nazis taking over the world. But it's Edelweiss, and Edelweiss is the best, and I'm a big Georg von Trapp fan. So in the alternate history, this is what is uh, upsetting you? No, I mean, <laughs> this is probably number This is number two on the list, though. This is number two on the list. Behind of, uh, all of everything else. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, behind the fact that, like, as a Jew, this show is really uncomfortable to watch. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely, definitely interesting to, to compare it to, like, my childhood experience being, you know, a Jew in a town that didn't have a ton of Jews growing up. I was, you know, one of, you know, probably like 20 families that were that were Jewish. Probably there's probably more than that. But like comparatively to the rest of the people in the town, it was not a Jewish town at all. Uh, and I didn't like deal with a ton of anti-Semitism, but there were times where there were some anti-Semitic things going on in my childhood. I remember going to like the the Christmas party at the Winter Club one year with my friend and his mom was chaperoning and there was these like little um, displays in the center of the tables that had these Christmas trees and these fake presents in the middle that were like these styrofoam boxes that we were just, we were being schmucks. We were kids. And so we were just unwrapping all the decorations and everything. And this kid's mom came up to me and like scolded us. And then she turned to me and she goes, what do you think these were? Hanukkah presents? I was like, whoa, man. (laughs) Hanukkah presents are empty. Yeah, I guess. Like what? We only get styrofoam boxes for Hanukkah. What the hell? Why would she say that? That doesn't make it. I mean, what is that? Because they didn't like the Jews. And I don't know. So like there was like little tiny moments like that in my childhood, which I look back on now. I'm like, damn, that's ridiculous. But like to compare that to what's her face's boyfriend in San Francisco, who is dealing with the crap that he's dealing with. To think about, you know, World War II and the Holocaust and stuff like that and how that could have invaded America 
it's haunting. It's haunting. So it really is. It's very resonant, I'm sure, with just about anybody who watched the show. But I'm connecting with it on that level, and it's freaking me out. It's freaking me out a lot. Yeah, I really was shocked at some of the stuff that is even just suggested, let alone depicted here in the first two episodes in that regard. I, I don't know that they were trying to push the envelope, but they're not holding anything back either. Now, uh, AJ, how faithful of an adaptation is this series from the book? Um, yeah, it's not a complete book. It's kind of like a novelette. It's uh, 150 to 200 pages, depending on the size of the, of the book that you have. Uh, so it's, it's not a full novel. It's fairly true to the book, the original source material. The difference being that uh, in the original book, it's not a, a film reel. That is the... Uh, the key uh, piece of information. It, it's actually just a book. Uh, it still has the title, the grasshopper uh, lies heavy, but uh, it's a book and not, uh, not a, a film reel. So that's different. Uh, the book also spends a lot. And I mean, a lot of time with the uh, head of the uh, Japanese uh, delegation and his obsession with the uh, uh, I Ching, which is the, the sticks that they throw to get prophecy um, there's a lot of detail in that that can go on like 30 pages, how he keeps, you know, I didn't like that future. Let me roll it again. And there's a, there's a huge storyline involving, uh, antiques and it's only touched on in, in, uh, the, the television show, but it, it, it drags on and on and on. Uh, the thing is, there's not much more to the book than what we've seen in the first two episodes. Um, the only thing that's missing is that in, in the book that our two main characters uh, who are pretty much the same, uh, once they get together in the uh, neutral zone, actually venture to visit the house of the man and I castle. And there's a one adventure there, but there's no ending to it. Um, it, it kind of just is it like a Sopranos type thing. Not like a Sopranos type thing. It's just it's kind of like you know, in rings involved. Kind of like Stephen King's The Mist, where it's just kind of like you know, and I wonder what will happen next, kind of thing. It's 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 that that kind of a a story. Like there is no ending to it. There's no explanation as to what the book is and and to what the alternate history is. It's not, none of it goes anywhere. It's just kind of like uh, Philip K. Dick wrote this story to kind of play with the idea that uh, our alternate history is some other alternate history. Alternate history. It's kind of like a, a treatise on reality. Like you know, which one is the real reality? The one that you live in. Or the one that is alternate and who's to say what's real and what's alternate. So, you know, he was dealing with like a heady, uh, probably drug induced. Hold on. Uh, so, Are so, you <laughs> saying that in the alternate history, what really happened in our history is now on Amazon.com? <laughs> yes. We're living we're living in the net in the Amazon series. Sure. Sure. Let's go with that. I, you know, I'm lost. <laughs> it's 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 you know it's it's like what what is somebody's binge watching us maybe 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 they're uh, watching uh his Führer's most shows recaps <laughs> oh my god <laughs> something like that. that it's a much it's a much different uh environment no yeah it's it's it, there's not a lot of answers so i i'm excited to see where they take this and how Do they, they ever tell you what the whispers are <laughs> no, but he does. It. For some reason, there's a whole chapter about the outbreaker and who's in it. But mm. uh, <laughs> Nazis, yeah, <laughs> Nazis were in the outbreaker. That's I right. did not see that coming. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> uh, but I think I think that that aspect of it is is really interesting to me. I didn't know about that piece of it coming into watching the show. Obviously, you get the premise. Um, you know, it's what what happened if Germany and Japan won World War II and they got to kind of 
divide America in half. I didn't really know how kind of Game of Thronesy that was going to be with sort of, you know, the, the political turmoil between uh, those two nations warring over America very kind of quietly. That's the new Cold War. I think that's really interesting. Didn't expect that, but I really didn't expect the kind of alternate universe thing that seems to be coming into play. And I have absolutely no idea how that's going to bear out, but that was a real surprise to me. Yeah, I think that that, I mean, AJ and I talked about that kind of off air, uh, and it seems to me the show could go in any number of directions. We could turn into a little bit more of a, a sci-fi type show. We could turn into uh, something where there really is something different in play here, or it could just be a matter of like, this is the way the world could be. Let's all build up the resistance here and let's really start a propaganda campa- campaign, rally people behind the cause. It's interesting because I think the show presents a world where a lot of Americans clearly have adjusted to this life. We see the police officer who helps Joe with his truck, who was a soldier and has a tattoo on his arm. And he's very much like, oh, yeah, it's nice guy, but he's wearing a swastika. And, right. you know, he's just it's it's to me to him. It's old hat that it's literally snowing people uh, because they're burning the, the handicapped and the infirm uh, because it's a drag on the state. And it's no big deal to this guy who was like, a legendary soldier, or he was a, a fierce soldier. So I think it's interesting because you've also got probably the the number one kind of evil character on the show, the Obergruppenführer, uh, which I guess is just like a senior leader of the SS. He's American as well and clearly has an American family. They live in Long Island, for crying out loud. Yeah, they're the people who yelled at me at the yes, holiday party. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Mrs. O- Obergruppenführer. Uh, I don't want him to be yelling at me about Hanukkah presents. No. And so, yeah, it, it is interesting to see this world where many Americans have just seemingly assimilated to the lifestyle. Uh, we saw Juliana in San Francisco. She's taking a keto. She's buying, you know, oriental things. Her mom is not pleased about this. Um, keto you know, is when, very big these days, Antonio. Very big. Yeah. Yes. I hear it's a big, big deal. So it is interesting because you could have a world where you just wake that sleeping giant up the people who are oppressed and currently occupied with propaganda and things like that doesn't matter um, whether you open a portal to another universe or not. But they did, it seems. Yeah, we don't really know. I we mean, something know. may have happened. We don't know. Yeah, well, well, you know, you obviously know, AJ, because you've read the book. But what's what's the feeling around around the horror? Oh, you don't know. You maybe don't no. know. The book, the book doesn't address it's a short it. Short book. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's the book. They meet the man in the high castle, and, and that's it. Like, so they're gonna, okay. So they're going to this book. So they'll, <laughs> so they'll obviously they they have they have room to expand. Is it similar to to like the leftovers in that sense? Because the leftovers adapts the entirety of the leftovers book in season one, and then season two is like, well, where do we go from here? We'll just make up our own shenanigans. Yeah, uh, you, yeah you think that's that exactly that, what it is. You think that that's kind of where it? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and and to me, what's what's great about it is that the, because there's not a lot of detail, uh, certainly plot wise, but also just the descriptions are 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 very much of the time that, that uh, Dick wrote the book. And, you know, we kind of have uh, a lot more distance from that time period now. So we can, we can go back and kind of try and stylize it a little differently. And I love the fact that they've, you know, they've kind of taken the, the music like they hear on the radio and the TV shows that they're watching. Like the music on the radio is just really a more, a more modern version of 1940s music because there is no rock and roll in this universe. Rock and roll didn't happen in the fifties. So, you know, it's, it's a nice spin on that. What would, where would pop culture go? And, you know, there's a dragnet style show. It's clearly dragnet, but it's American Reich. American Reich. Right. It's the same show essentially, but a lot darker. 
there's uncomfortably no African Americans that I've noticed. So yeah, far. no, it's everybody's everybody's white. Everybody's yeah. white unless you're in the Pacific states. Yeah, except yeah, yeah, on the bus to the neutral zone. Yeah, there's, there's the people who are just trying to get away from to the last place that you can go, and they're running out of space to to hide. Yeah, it's 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 really dark. And, yeah, so and much. Like, yeah, I, mean, I don't mean to step on you, but so yeah. much of that comes from so much of that comes from just like the the subtle things, like in the in the movie, the Rock Hudson movie at the beginning. At the end of the newsreel, it just says, you see the American flag with the, the eagle and it says, Heil Hitler. And it's terrifying. So let's talk big picture in terms of uh, what your reactions were to the show. We've talked about some of the things that are uh, seriously unsettling about the show. But did you guys uh, like what you've seen so far from uh, The Man in the High Castle? Yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, I think that I think I'm most drawn to the universe of it right now, more so than the characters. I, I think that, you know, the, the thing is, it is all available to binge right now. So that problem that I'm having at the moment could very easily be solved with, you know, watching two episodes as soon as we hang up the phone here, you know, as soon as we get <laughs> off of Blab. Um, but right now, I'm mostly drawn into the world. It's such an interestingly drawn world. And it's a, a really cool concept for a show, an unsettling concept for the show. I don't know how I feel about some of these characters yet. Uh, I like that Juliana, I, I like the actress, Alexa Davalos is her name. I like that she's an Aikido expert. I think that that's fun. I think that she's been, um, she's been interesting to watch so far. You know, kind of the G.I. Joe Blake, who is, uh, who, who you think is just going to be like this, you know, young resistance fighter who is going to be this super heroic guy. But he has this really dark shade to him where he's secretly working with the Nazis and he's a double agent. So, you know, I'm always on mole patrol. So I enjoyed that. So there's I, I like these characters, but they're they're not like super drawn out for me. Two episodes in the series. And that's all I've seen so far. But I can see how they can be. And as long as these characters are fleshed out really well, I think I'm going to really like this show. Um, Antonio, what do you think? Are you liking this so far? Yeah, same, really similar takes in that I really am enjoying. I actually have now I watched the pilot in the second episode a couple months ago, kind of when they were available. And so I rewatched it and I'm enjoying the fact that, as you say, even though the world is, is so quickly and so vastly established, the characters aren't exactly given uh, equal footing in that world. It's more about seeing a lot of different people. And like AJ said, I think characters like the trade minister, uh, who maybe seems to be a little more prevalent in the book, uh, will play a key role. The Cold War storyline, Josh, that you were talking about. Right is very interesting to me because this is a show that somehow is poising you to root for Hitler not to die. I know. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, that's it's, interesting. It's the worst thing that could happen is Hitler would die. And that's Wait, a really Can you crazy set that up for people who, who maybe are just watching or listening to us right now and haven't seen the show yet? Like, that's such a powerful thing to say, and it makes a lot of sense in the context of the show. But if you're just hearing that for the first time, you're like, what the F does yeah, that so, mean? Yeah, so the way, it, you know, the, way it's, the way it's done is that America lost World War II and the Nazis and the Japanese divided America. Uh, the Rocky Mountains are essentially uh, the, the neutral zone between the two zones, and the Germans control the East and the Midwest, and the Japanese control the West. And that arrangement was okay with Hitler and seemingly okay with a lot of people, but it's definitely not okay with a lot of other Nazis. And it's made clear that Adolf Hitler is old now. It's 1962. He has Parkinson's. His health is not good. And that if uh, if Himmler or uh, Goebbels or one of the other kind of Nazi underlings were to take over, the assumption is that they would just wipe the Japanese out of America and take it all for themselves. And I should add, this all came into play because they dropped an atomic bomb on Washington, D.C. Right. Gone. Yeah. Gone. So if Hitler were to die, we would have uh, we would have more military conflict in the U.S. And even 
the unfortunate and uncomfortable and terrible kind of Gestapo state that exists in the U.S. would be would be way worse. Uh, you, you get the impression. So uh, it's it's a show where you're saying, "Gosh, if Hitler dies, this is really bad." And meanwhile, in re- in real culture, we're talking about time traveling to kill baby Hitler. Yeah, so, the New York Times is like publishing polls about that. Right. Hey, so can this I, is, can, yeah, can this I say something true. about that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there is a book by a uh, British uh, auteur, comedian, and all-around smart guy, Stephen Fry, called Making History, which is an entire book on a guy who makes a time machine and goes back to kill baby Hitler. And much in the, the same uh, vein that uh, Antonio was just saying, that it makes it a lot worse because Hitler was kind of inept uh, at strategy just enough so that we could win. And you know, he pr- it's the whole premise of the book is that uh, he goes back in time and essentially what we see in man in high castle is what develops because the guy who rises to power instead of Hitler is far worse. Right. So um, oh it's, it's, a, it is a, a trope that's out there. Absolutely. The, the baby Hitler thing. And, uh, but it, I highly recommend Stephen Fry's book. It's very entertaining in that regard. I, I believe that's also the premise for command and conquer red alert, the strategy video game. There you I go. Don't Crickets. You don't Crickets, know, Josh. I don't know if you can play that on steam. So much video game talk from Josh today. Sorry. Like how you have a secret life. Sorry. No, it's alternate universe Wiggler is filling. It's Canadian Wiggler, actually. (laughs) Sorry. 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 Um, what are you what are you thinking about the show so far, Rob? Yeah, I think that the show is a, a fascinating concept. I was really eager to dive into the show and uh and get started on it. But I do agree that I've found a I've had a hard time really uh it's not a fun world to play around with and it's, it's sort of bleak and extremely depressing. And I know that there is sort of this hope that there's sort of an uprising that's going to sort of like uh, overthrow this government. But I feel like that there are not very many characters to root for. And I think that this show has a bit of a protagonist problem in that, that we don't have that one person that we're really rooting for or, you know, following their story enough to be invested in that character. Where I think we're all invested in the world because it's fascinating. But in terms of a hero, I don't think we have that. And I think that that's a bit of a problem. That's why we've got DJ Qualls on the show. We're all going to rally behind DJ Qualls. Yeah, I, I mean, I do agree with you, Rob. Uh, even though I also agree with Josh that I'd love to rally behind DJ Qualls. I, I, do, think that, <laughs> I do think there's a little bit of a protagonist issue Uh and I think that I, I think that's where the the Japanese trade minister may be. Uh, I have a little more hope for that character because I love that actor. Of, I love yeah. Carrie uh, Carrie Tagawa is his name. He's Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat. I'll yeah, never, he's great. Never forget. And again with the video game. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. He's great. I I mean sorry. I just I really like uh, I really like the the opportunity for that guy because he exists at sort of a high level of the Japanese government and he is kind of you know secretly meeting with ranking members of the German delegation and they're trying to do some things differently that shouldn't overthrow the whole world. But I think if they can keep the, the really evil stuff at bay, I think there's hope there. I, I do think we need to see some progress. And I watched into the third episode a little bit. And I think that the, uh, the boyfriend, uh, if you will, I think that he, that character, Frank and DJ Qualls as well. And what's going on. Uh, Frank Frank is Rupert Evans name in this show, by the way, great name. I think Frank Frank uh, could also become more of a protagonist of this series. He he has a pretty awful second episode that he suffers through here, obviously. Uh, and I think we, our natural inclination is to follow Juliana and Joe uh, in the neutral zone there. But I, I really think that what's going on with Frank 
as well as the Japanese trade minister may also be some protagonist type stuff. Frank Frank sounds like uh, sounds like the hashtag of this episode. If it wasn't the name of a main character, um, <laughs> AJ, can you explain the neutral zone to me? And and um, obviously, so the Japanese they control the west coast. The Nazis control the east coast. Is the neutral zone just completely up for grabs? It's an ungoverned land. Yeah, it's kind of like a wild west uh, situation. There's kind of a. A, an unofficial like uh, law that, that's in there, kind of like uh, like the Wild West, like you know, like martial martial law, but not T I A L, but M A R S H A L L law. They kind of have like a sheriff system out there, and and, and traveling judges and whatnot in the in the uh, source material. So um, basically, there just weren't any big cities in this area, so neither of them bothered to to develop it. They just kind of took over the cities that were already in place. Um, and since, uh, you know, as Wanda Sykes would say, ain't nobody lived the F up in there. Wow. Uh, they didn't bother, you know? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it's weird because I don't know how to follow up with that. That's <laughs> that it's hard to follow Wanda Sykes. You know, just, she's the headliner. I got you. I, I'm, I'm a different kind of Wanda usually. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard that. Oh, high castle. Yeah. <laughs> no, so Wanda weird. could do some Edelweiss, but she already <laughs> did the sound of music for the month on another podcast. That's really unfortunate. Yeah. I really feel bad. Yeah. We just missed out on that. <laughs> now that actually sounds like the credits which is kind of kind of yeah I, I i thought the neutral zone city there was it's just not a little it's not really well built out and i don't know what we're supposed to assume is going to happen there uh if the, if this is the sort of headquarters of the resistance or where the movement's going to be born from i'm just not feeling that in the town yet and i think it's it's funny because as much as there's an established sense of place from new york and from san francisco I think in this neutral zone, we really don't have much uh, to really go on it. I think it's meant to be like this Wild West town. We get this mention of this character named the Marshal that roams throughout the neutral zone as a Nazi and kills people. But I, and maybe we'll see a lot of that, but we don't, right now it feels like the town from Thor, where it's just kind of like a mm-hmm. nameless, characterless two block town in a city somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Fewer uh, 7-Elevens. Fewer 7-Elevens. Just a couple less. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like three three eighths not seven eleven right um yeah I, I think that there's there's room for it but i think as, as a concept it's cool to have this middle territory between these two very clearly defined uh pieces of of real estate can we can we talk about the the rufus sewell character the what's his name the you you pronounce it very well antonio almost eerily well the alarm computer yeah the alarm alarmingly well i'll just say the the scary nazi guy uh, <laughs> Who's the scary Long Island Nazi guy who has this really intense shootout scene in the second episode where he is ambushed and like you see kind of the the war you know see like scenes that you would normally get in a World War II movie like I'm thinking Saving Private Ryan and like the scenes in trenches where you see the horror on of war on people's faces and you're getting that suddenly here in Long Island in the streets that for me between the two episodes that whole sequence was by far and away the most powerful sequence of the show. In the way that he's moving around uh, and in, in the midst of the ambush that he's just like walking at like a leisurely pace going up to a guy and yeah. then, you know, shooting him in the shooting him in the arm, shooting him in the leg. Uh, you know, the the action sequences uh, were all uh, really well done here in this and especially for a show. I have no idea what the budget is on right. this, but, you know, for an Amazon show, you would imagine that it's not a uh, ridiculous budget. I thought that some of the stuff in Times Square, I thought that that was a little bit, you could sort of see the seams on uh, a little bit of the green screen stuff that they were doing there. But other than that, I feel like all of the action has been uh, really well done. 
Yeah. I think with the Times Square stuff, too, I think that the images are just so evocative because Times Square is so iconic that you can kind of forgive that just because the idea of swastikas hanging in Times Square, you know, like by the Viacom building where that's going to be one day uh, or not in this universe. Like it's just, you know, where, where like a Lion King poster might be one day, which obviously will not happen. Or in that version, Scar just wins outright. The lion <laughs> yeah, the Lion Fear, but Scar just uncontested reign. Um, you know, I think it's it's alarming. It's just alarming to see that. And I think that, you know, any sort of visual effects wonkiness for me was overtaken just by the by the sheer horror of the image. I, I just have I just have this uh, image in my head now of Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. Oh, terrifying! <laughs> oh God, that's a very different show. We expect an alternate history version of the Lion King, where Scar is also uh, the leader. Right? Yeah, I think so. What about um? You know, Disney always loads their their materials with sexual innuendos, or so oh, no. legend says, in the America American owned Disney. So what is the what what's being snuck in in the Nazi owned Disney? I don't want to think about that. I don't that. want to think about that. I really don't. I really don't. It is interesting, though, because there is, I mean, there's a little bit that it's spoken about the when the characters see the propaganda films, they're, they're like, this is what it could have been, but it didn't happen. But this is what it could have been. This is very powerful. There isn't a lot of talk among the characters like, is there a different world out there? Right. Like, can we go through a portal? Like, what's happening? Like, that isn't that isn't really what's being talked about. It It seems very mysterious. And I'm sure that when they shot the first two episodes, they had a plan for where the man in the high castle would end up, or is this going to be sci-fi laden, or is it going to be more about a, a war of the minds, or what's going to happen? But it is interesting that the characters live in this world where they're sort of beaten down by propaganda to the point her mom's watching a game show, and there's a guy wearing his Nazi SS uniform. It's like, oh yeah, my my game's something I learned in the Hitler Youth, and it's and he's very American. And this Obergruppenführer, I think that's a really interesting character. It's not. It's not a character that I, you know, I, this show could do flashbacks. We could see what made the open group and Fuhrer, the open group and Fuhrer, whatever you want to say. Um, I want you to say that again. I know you do. That's, That's why hashtag. I keep saying it. Yeah. You've got to be careful with any hashtag that includes the word Fuhrer in it. Yeah, I don't think so, we want that. I don't think yeah, you're going to get a lot of different kind of audience tuning in. But I think that that character <laughs> is fascinating because he is American. And presumably he's of the age that he could have served in World War II. I don't know. Uh I don't, he looks like he's probably in his uh, 40s-ish, uh, and that's old enough that he could have served in World War II, that he served for the U.S. What's the story there? Why is he so fervent uh, to, to do and, and carry out the task? Because we see his family and we see his son talking about school and love and country and God and all these things. Uh, so it's fascinating to me that we've got this kind of, you know, your neighborhood Nazi, and he's a horrible person, uh, but he's American. And I think that that is a really interesting kind of, thing and, and it's 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 not i don't know the show could find ways to to kind of instruct or deal with that that aren't just putting it on screen that i that i would find really interesting you know antonio i'm really fascinated by the first part of what you brought up as well because uh talking about this idea of this movie and what this is is this a window into our own alternate universe for them? Or is it just a piece of propaganda? Because they mentioned quite a bit that Hitler himself is sort of infatuated with sort of tracking this down and shutting it down. And AJ, it sounds like from what you're saying is that this question is never really resolved in, uh, in the short story. Well, like I said, in the, in, in, in the source material, it isn't a film. It's a book. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it, it's hard to say that a book is a you know, book. Book isn't a forgery. A book's a book. I mean, this by making this a visual thing, 
Um, like could be a movie. This, could be a could be a blockbuster. You know? Yeah, but you know, uh, I mean, I like the fact that uh, you know they're seeing images of people that they recognize. These are the actual people are are still the leaders of the countries. We're still the leaders in this in this alternate universe. So they recognize this as being news footage. They recognize this as being something that how where could this come from? They don't have the technology to make these forgeries in the same way that, that we have today, you know, uh, you know, on YouTube and, you know, Photoshop and things like that. Like they don't have that kind of technology. So to them looking at this, it's kind of hard for them to process it. Um, I do like the fact that Hitler's obsessed with it because, you know, kind of it's that, that Lenny Reffenstahl kind of, uh, you know, you got that you know, love of film that, that, that did take place at that time. So the, it, it's, it's kind of appropriate that he would be obsessed with this, but, I mean, why is he obsessed with it? Uh, Hitler was also obsessed with the occult and with, with magic and things like that. So I don't know. Is there something to this? I think that's, to me, going to be an angle that I hope they explore. Because if it's just a MacGuffin to, to be this kind of thing that is what starts the story rolling and we never really address what, what it is, I think that would be a, a huge waste. And that's kind of why I didn't really like the story that I read so much because it, like, it, it didn't go anywhere. It, it was just that they were just kind of like, yes, we wrote that. Like, oh, yeah, and? Yeah, oh, okay, and? Well, this is the end of our story. <laughs> like, so it didn't really work for me. Right. Where do you guys think it's going? That's a fascinating question. I think that, it, I think that it'll be open-ended enough that I don't, I don't know that it will present a, a full kind of uh, answer on that. I think that it may be a MacGuffin in that what's more, what's more important is that people think about the fact that that it could have gone differently. And when there's kind of a, maybe there's a power vacuum if Hitler dies and there's an opportunity uh, for people to kind of factionalize and rise up. And I think that seeing it as pure propaganda only um, is as interesting to me as anything else, because it, it speaks to something more real in our world that could happen uh, in terms of, you know, messaging and the power of uh, images and the power of ways we can kind of pull together. So I don't think it needs to have an answer for this to be a satisfying show that the man in the high castle is uh, from a different dimension or from a parallel universe or whatever. I, I don't think it needs that. I think that the show can be about something else. I do think it's interesting. They keep talking about Joe's father. You know, his father would be, you know, your, your dad would be proud. I'm going to let your dad know. He seems to still be around. I don't know what his link to this is going to be, if anything, but I do think that that's kind of a thing that's hanging out there uh, that is possibly connected to this story as well. I don't know that his dad is the man in the high castle, uh, but I, there's some something going on with his dad that uh, occurred to me over the course of the first couple episodes that I think will come into play too. Do we like the title, "The Man in the High Castle"? I mean, it sounds cool. It rolls off the tongue in a fun way. It's fun to say. But do you think that, like, if you're trying to sell people on this show, this show that takes place in an alternate history where the Nazis won World War II, you call it "The Man in the High Castle"? I know it's based on the book. I know you want to take that name, but a lot of Philip K. K. Dick books have. Uh, been adapted with different names i don't think he wrote total recall all right well let's do it i think i i love this feature on the show what are we what's the alternate name for <laughs> the man in the high castle um fringe world war ii fringe world war ii yeah, yeah that, i don't think that did a lot of people watch fringe josh i watched fringe all the I way too, maybe but I don't so think it's a lot of fringe people. colon world war ii yeah and the <laughs> okay. concept the high concept is that this is a, a world war ii prequel to fringe and it's in one of the alternate universes is william bell then the man in the high castle i think it's probably him unless oh, it's walter <laughs> AJ, do you, aj do you have an alternate title to suggest um the price is right the price oh, is right. no <laughs> The price is wrong. Yeah, that's yeah. terrible. 
Okay. Uh, how about uh, Too Fast, Too Furious? Oh, <laughs> I don't like that. No. It's terrifying. Uh, it's terrifying. Yeah, it is interesting, the, the, the man in the high castle. I, I like mean, how Antonio is abstaining. Well, I'm abstaining because I, I I don't know why it it may or may not be. It might be the best title they could they could absolutely get because we just don't know. According to AJ in the book, there's one scene with the man in a house and that's it. Uh, I don't know if the man in the high castle could be referring to something much more significant or not. I just think that it it could end up being a great title for the show and we just don't know it. But I don't know. I don't think people are necessarily they really have to sell this aspect of this legendary man. Uh, it's like the Wizard of Oz. You know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, there's there's a movie about a wizard about a lot more but you know there's this guy right there in the title they really have to keep talking about this man in the high castle if this if this title is going to mean something what about yeah. harold and kumar go to high castle uh, <laughs> or uh want to get high castle high castle and mccormick yeah, yeah. yeah. okay all good. I think all they should good. just call it Bones. Bones. <laughs> so everybody here is saying that uh, they would continue on with watching the show. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that's greatly in favor of this show, and this is something that Antonio and I have been talking about on the Fargo podcasts over here on Post Show Recaps, is the binge factor and how Antonio and I had both watched Fargo in a binge. We didn't watch it weekly in season one. Uh, and we're comparing that experience to the experience of watching season two. Uh, of, of Fargo season two weekly. And I think both of us prefer the binge. And I think that a, a show like this strikes me as, as, you know, you know, Fargo esque or Cohen esque, I guess is, is what it's called. Uh, I was like, I, I just want to tear into this thing. Like I want to sit down and I want to watch this thing in one shot. Um, I don't know when I'm going to have time to do that, but I'm certainly planning on, on continuing with this and doing it in short order. If I can, I got to get through Jessica Jones first, but then, then High Castle's on the list. Do you guys know, has there been a lot of uh, criticism or backlash about this show? I haven't seen any. I thought that the scene that we have with the gas chamber in the second uh, episode could create a lot of backlash. And I'm kind of surprised that, that it didn't. Just because it's using something like that and, and really humanizing it on that level and using it as not really even a cheap thrill, but just as like a terror moment. Uh, it's a It's a pretty kind of raw thing. And they continue with that with that aspect of it into the third episode where you're going to see that, yeah, uh, you're going to find out one way or the other whether the Japanese person uh, that says it was too late was telling the truth or not. And so I think that that's tough. It is interesting, Josh, when you talk about binging, um, the, I, you know, they know that the show is going to be all released at once as they're writing it and making it, I think. And so maybe when you talk about protagonist problems, Rob, it's one of those things where they're like, you know what? Yeah, maybe the first couple of episodes... The protagonists aren't going to be as well developed, but people are going to sit and knock four or five of these out at once. So by the end of that first chunk, yeah, you're going to you're going to know everything about both the characters. You're going to have uh, aligned with them or not aligned with them. We're not so worried about doing what other TV shows which would do, which is upfront, making it abundantly clear exactly who was what and where, because people are going to knock this out in larger chunks. And so maybe that is part of their consideration as well. We're entering the kind of a new age of TV where rather than you know considering writing one episode at a time and building up something to make people watch it next week, you're going with the, the binge-watching kind of method. So shows like this, which are written and created for a streaming service, are different in that regard. Yeah, I mean, it feels like I'm, you know, the experience of reading a book is what I'm feeling as I'm watching this show. Like, I'm two episodes in. It feels like I'm two chapters in. It feels like I put the put the bookmark in and I've closed the book for the day. I'm doing this podcast with you. I'm going to hang up. I'm going to do some other life stuff when I'm done here, but I can't wait to get back to my book. And that's that's what this show feels like. And I love that I have that capability with this show. 
Uh, so I'm very happy with it in, in the, you know, in the fact that it's, it's bingeable. I think that's good. Yeah. All right. What about in terms of uh, other things that we're covering here on uh, most shows recap? Do we have any updates this week? Um, yeah, I mean, today, today's interesting because, you know, we're talking, speaking of the binge, I mean, we're talking about the man in the high castle and it's this high concept show that has been released all in one shot on Amazon prime today, but on another streaming service on Netflix today is the big debut of Marvel's second Netflix show, Jessica Jones. Uh, so we could have just as easily been talking about Jessica Jones here. Uh, I think that actually that was originally on the schedule that we were going to do Jessica Jones today, but We'll be doing a little bit of post-show recaps coverage of Jessica Jones outside of Mosho's Recap. I did podcast about Daredevil with Kevin Mahadeo, who was on Mosho's Recap a few weeks ago talking about superheroes. Kevin and I are going to get together and do some Jessica Jones podcasting sometime this weekend. We're going to talk about the premiere. Um, and then we're not going to be able to do the daily episodes, unfortunately, like we were able to do with Daredevil, which I, I'm sad because I had such a good time, but schedules are just not aligning for that to be possible. So I think that those podcasts are actually going to be more of a reflection of the binge watch. Um, so look out for that stuff. Keep your eyes out on, on postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes. Subscribe there, and you'll see a Jessica Jones podcast in your feed at some point this weekend. I'm really psyched to dig into that. I haven't watched a second of it yet. Just the the opening title sequence, which has been released online. I watched that, and it looks sufficiently cool and noirish. And the reviews are great on Jessica Jones. Are either of you guys or any of you guys, are you planning on on checking it out? I see Anto- Antonio's nodding along. I watched the first episode this morning and I was just, I'm not going to spoil anything. It's dark. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah wow. Noir, I definitely in, in, in the noir kind of uh, genre and I mean, it's right down to the character being a private eye. So are there Nazis? it really fits there. <laughs> I haven't seen any Nazis yet. yet. I'll be on Nazi hunt. I'll, I'll look for them. But no Nazis yet. Not, not, not that I've seen. But uh, it yeah, it's dark, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to tearing through that as well, very much so. And I don't know, I we you know an update. We covered the bastard executioner here on most shows. Recapped our first episode, right. our premise pilot, our premise pilot, <laughs> and perhaps uh, not voting well, but the, the 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 bastard executioner has been canceled. Yes, by yeah, by Kurt Sutter. He 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 cut the head <laughs> off of his own show. Yes, he did. The bastard executioner is over, but we are still here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We are officially a longer running show than the bastard executioner, so we should be happy about that. Yeah, I, te- yeah, I, I texted Rob and Antonio this. I said, "This is the the Kurt curse." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's the Kurt Sutter curse. It's yeah, really dead. Opposite of the Clark curse. The thing that I thought was pretty interesting about the bastard executioner, uh, it seemed like Kurt Sutter was on board to also sort of put this thing down. That he took out like a a full page ad in one of the trades, and then yeah. was talking about how you know for him the ratings weren't there. He could tell that this wasn't a hit, and he wanted to just sort of like get it over with. Yeah, yeah. He you know he did that. He wrote this you know. He he had this full page ad, I think, in both Variety and The Hollywood Reporter. And it's like this, you know, lovely note to the cast and crew being like, thank you guys so much for being on this epic journey with me and all of this good stuff. And then at the end, it's just this very short paragraph that's like, unfortunately, the people have spoken and the word is meh. Uh, so we're done. <laughs> and that's actually what he says. The, the verdict is meh. Uh, so he also gave an extensive interview with, uh, with the Hollywood reporter afterwards. And he talked about, uh, like, I don't want to make a show that nobody's effing watching. Uh, and he says, there's a little bit of ego in there, but there's business as well. And just the way that he, you know, he works the way that Kurt Sutter works. If you watch any of Kurt Sutter's shows, if you watch sons of anarchy, if you watched his, his work here on bastard executioner, you know, that he's just like really in it. 
Um, so he's not just going to be really in it if nobody's watching. And nobody was watching The Bastard Executioner. You really didn't hear a thing about it. It was expensive, too. Yeah, expensive, expensive. No one's talking about it. The most that I heard about it was when it got canceled. Um, so, you know, probably a good call. And uh, as Rob texted back to me, Countdown for the Sons of Anarchy Mayans show is, uh, is in a full effect right now. Yeah. Yeah, go back to the well. If what you tried the second time doesn't work, you just go back to the well. And keep yeah. Going back to that well. Yeah, okay. The walking sun, I think, is coming yeah. And then we, our first official episode of Mo Show's recap was the Heroes Reborn recap. And Heroes Reborn just had its fall finale last night. Did any of you guys watch that? I'm a little bit behind. I stopped watching after, I think, episode four or yeah, five. Very I, far it, behind. It just wasn't... Uh, wasn't doing about, it for me. It's about where I am, AJ. I, liked, I, I think I like the idea of the show a lot more than the execution. Uh, I think that, that was always Heroes' yeah, uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think if there were some moments. There's some things that are going on in the show right now that I think are kind of clever. They, they, they did some clever stuff with the Claire Bennett thing, which was something we were all wondering about. Um, you know, how are they going to handle the fact that seemingly unkillable Claire Bennett is dead and how did that happen and what does it mean? I, without spoiling anything, I think that they've done some cool stuff with that, but then there's just a lot of heroesisms that's going on. Is well. there any chance that the man in the high castle is Hiro Nakamura? <laughs> yeah, it's not impossible. You have well, there's, there's a non-zero chance. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the bridge between these two universes. If you see a Nissan Versa, I think we're in good shape. Yeah. The yeah, Nazi is- Germans have taken over the world, but there is still hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mohinder giving. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, so that's, I, I, that's yeah, happening. that's happening. I also wanted to update Scream Queens. I know we just saw it in the in the chat here. Uh, AJ uh, said mercifully the, the Scream Queens is coming to a close for this half or or for this kind of run. I've, I'm caught up on Scream Queens. It is kind of running out of legs, and that I mean you can't kill They're cutting off people. lots of legs. Yeah, well, <laughs> well they, they did are. actually. <laughs> yes, you can't kill characters on the reg like two or three every episode, and expect a show to just continue. And they are really kind of getting to the point of the story, and they probably they probably are realizing that. And this is does not bode well for a second season. I would say that there's only so much length in this story, and that it's really difficult. And so they've tried to stretch it out a little bit, and uh, kind of there's no concept for this show. I think that is really going to work beyond this season and I think it's it's feeling its legs even now uh with the number of episodes it's had still it's still fun it's still cheesy and and silly and all the things that were enjoyable about the first uh, kind of run of episodes but it's really kind of dragging as we approach the kind of denouement of who the final red devil is um and so it's out there. It's it's definitely on Hulu if you want to check it out. Yeah, I think it just didn't it didn't have enough steam to sustain itself. It kind of is the same episode over and over again and it's kind of running in place. I think Niecy Nash is hilarious. She's knocking out of the park. And they did a really nice scene uh, with Jamie Lee Curtis where they kind of shot for shot did a, a psycho parody. Sure. Uh, which was fantastic. She said, but, I've seen that film thousands or hundreds of times or whatever. Yeah. You know, with a beat beat that. Yeah, I thought, yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, but So it has it's a lot of funny moments, but in terms of plot, it's just like they're just kind of running in place. And I, I, my wife and I were watching it and a couple weeks ago, you know, they said, only five episodes left. And we're like, five more episodes left. Oh my gosh, really? It, it's just too long. If it was like maybe three episodes shorter, I think it would have left a better taste in my mouth. Yeah, yeah it, it, it leaves me to think that there there's room for kind of a, a show, a network to run kind of an eight episode thing in, a, in the run up to Halloween, if they will, or six or seven, like a mini, something like that, that uh, could be really well rated and could get some buzz. I mean, 
networks may try different things like that as they're looking at expanding their programming and that this maybe is kind of showing that there's room for that. It is interesting. They did have a really funny beatdown of Antonin Scalia as well uh, that, that I laughed at, where you know there was a lot of yelling about different verdicts. Somebody was dressed in a Scalia mask and as a killer, and it just did not go well. And I thought that was really funny. Can can I take this opportunity to shout out somebody who can then shout out the thing that I want them to shout out, which is AJ Mass? Is he? You launched a podcast this week about another TV show. I did. I did. Uh, I have started a podcast with Joe Garfine and uh, you can find it. Yes. Yes. A friend of post show recaps. Absolutely. And uh, we are covering uh, the show called the hundred from the CW. Uh, Our podcast, the dropship, the hundred podcast. You can find it on iTunes. Please subscribe, rate us, uh, say nice things about us. But uh, we have one episode up and we just recorded our second episode today. Joe's really friendly with a lot of the writing staff and cast of the show. So we're hoping to get interviews with them uh, as season three approaches. Uh, There is no date yet for season three to start. So it gives us a little time to do some catch up on seasons one and two, which are both available for streaming on the Netflix. Wow. I like it. Cool. Check it out. The dropship. The dropship. Yeah. I started watching a little bit of the hundred. I wasn't wowed immediately, but I hear, but I hear that season two is spectacular. And because I know, I know your taste very well, AJ, and I know Joe's taste very well. And you guys like great shows. I I'm inspired to continue. I want to get to season two. Well, how uh, far did you get? I got, uh, they killed a character early in season one that I was not thrilled with. Uh, I thought that they, I thought it was a mistake. Um, and there were things like that in, in the spirit of that, that I just was not loving about the show. Um, All right. but you know, it, it's, it's fine. I, I'm over it now. I've moved, <laughs> I've moved on. I'm emotionally healed. I'm, I'm going to give it another go at some point. It's not yeah. on my immediate to do list, but, uh, I did give it a shot. I didn't love it at first, but I just keep hearing amazing things about it. If season. you can get through the first three episodes, I think that by the end of, of the third episode, I think you're, you're either in or you're out. Um, but those who are in are very much rewarded by it because I haven't seen too many shows that do a better job of uh, everything that happens in an episode is directly uh, the result of what happened in the previous episode. There's not a lot of tangents. There's no, uh, you know, chess piece episodes where they're moving pieces. Everything is like, that just happened. Now we got to do this. That just happened. Now we got to do this. And they take at the end of the season left turns like I've never seen before. Uh, the you, you'll really you think you're watching one show and then they'll just completely reinvent themselves with the season finale and and you're just like what the heck did I just watch? It's it's really good stuff. The left turnovers. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes in a season? Uh, there were thirteen in the first season and sixteen in the second. Okay. Are there Nazis? Um, no Nazis. Um, no, no Nazis. No, but the, there are, there is an executioner. Okay, so is he a yeah, right. bastard? <laughs> How did he yeah. Let's not bring his parentage into this. So interesting. <laughs> all right, well, uh, good stuff all around. Uh, Josh and Antonio, what's coming up next week? I think, uh, Josh, are we on the same page about this? Are we going to do? Uh, are we going to venture into a certain place? I think we're going to go. I think we're going to try and get into the Badlands. Yeah. Oh, that's going to make some people gonna, happy. Yeah. I think we're going to try and go. House. I think we're going to try and go into the Badlands. Yeah, Into the Badlands is our topic for Moshe's Recap next week. Yeah, Jack. new show from AMC if you haven't seen the, th- the million and a half promos during The Walking Dead. No, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> what is it? It's like a post-apocalyptic, uh, I don't know, like a kind of a feudalism story. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting follow-up to uh, this week's podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah, The ratings were pretty good, I saw, so I don't know. Yeah, this- people, people are watching Into the Badlands, at least right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, which totally opens the door, though, for uh, Josh Wiggler and I to be the best uh, Walking Dead live recap in the business right now as uh, the Talking Dead uh, moves to uh, after Into the Badlands. So uh, we, we have a primetime placement this week. Is that happening this week as well? I believe so. I think that's what Chris Hardwick said on the start of the Talking Dead this week. Uh, that's great. So news. if you want your uh, Walking Dead live coverage right after You're the episode. stuck with us. Yeah. Wait, wait, can I, inter- can I interrupt right now and do a quick, uh, the next episode in the Fear of the Walking Dead uh, trailer? Uh, but you, you, all right, that mom, was it. That's all you've got. Mom. Oh, that's good. That's good. Mom. mom <laughs> that's great. The Fear of the Walking Dead. That's great. It's done. done. Just look under a dumpster, AJ. You'll find what you need. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, great stuff. Uh, Josh and Antonio, of course, uh, they got together for, uh, for Fargo this week. And I was eight, I was not there, oh, but sorry. Antonio Antonio crushed it. Mike Bloom filled in for me on that with Jeremiah Panhorse. AJ stepped in for me for the leftovers this week. So thank you so much, AJ. Uh, back back to the normal programming next week. Yeah, but Josh and I did get together for our Walking Dead feedback show. All of that's available on postshowrecaps.com. All right. So uh, what is the hashtag then? Oh man, is, 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 are we going to be okay if we use the Prices Reich? No, that, I don't. I don't know. I, I, don't I think, think that I Her- Harold and Kumar go to the man in the high castle is lengthy, so but it's safer. <laughs> safer, and that tells me that you really did make it to the end if you use such a verbose hashtag. <laughs> yeah, you really did enjoy this podcast if you're using that. All right, yeah. well, good stuff. Of course, you can follow AJ Mass on Twitter. He's at AJ Mass, and AJ, give us that link one more time for your uh, 100 podcast. Just uh, look it up on iTunes. It's the Dropship. The dropship drop was ship. was keep it hundred ever on the list of names for your just for your, for your podcast. I'm so sick of you already, Josh. So sorry. Welcome back. I missed, Hi. Hi, I missed you too. Good stuff, Hondo. I'm just Canadian, Josh. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, of course, you could follow uh, Josh Wiggler on Twitter. He's at Round Howard. Antonio is at AC Mazzaro. Yep, two Z's, one R. Yes. Uh, anything else before we sign off? No, this is all fun. I'm having such a good time. Let's never sign off. Let's stay on. If you're watching live, stay tuned for the Antonio After Show. If not, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs> Bye.